This Sunday, Jesus tells us that the most important commandment is to love God with all our hearts, all our minds, and all our strength. Then he adds that there is a second commandment that is like it, to love our neighbor as ourselves. And it makes so much sense. I don't know anyone who has a problem with the whole love thing, except that you turn on the news and there is so much not love out there. From racial hatred to bigotry to religious persecution and all kinds of violence. Why are we so messed up? I get it. I know. We have a fallen nature prone to sin. But still, is love your neighbor so hard to understand? Are we so proud and insecure that we have to put ourselves before everyone else, even if it means aggression, hatred, and violence? This weekend, as we reflect on love and what it means to love, let's pray for victims of domestic violence. Let's pray for children who are abused by their parents. And let's also pray for all the abusers. Let's pray for victims of religious violence, for refugees, those in the Middle East, in Somalia, in Myanmar, and Bangladesh. Let's pray for those here, at home, who feel threatened by those who are different. And let's pray for ourselves, that our hearts be open to love as God loves us, with all His heart, His mind, and His strength. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm Emily Callen. I am Billy Chan. And we have lots of people listening, hopefully watching on Facebook Live while we're recording this program on Wednesday. Um, But people are going to be listening on the weekend. And I just want to do a shout out here for all our partner radio stations because we have people listening on the Catholic Channel. That's on Sirius XM 129 on the Spirit Catholic Radio Network out of Omaha, Nebraska. Holy Family Radio in... uh, Ohio, the Lamb Radio Network in the Midwest, the Barragan Radio Network in uh, Michigan, and KHRM Catholic Radio in Anchorage. Wow. That's your favorite place, right? Anchorage, Alaska. Um, Really? supposed to just say yes. Yeah, yes, you're supposed yes. to say be- yes, yes. Yes. So a shout out. If you're <laughs> listening from Anchorage, make sure you write Billy and let him know how cool Anchorage is. Um, and, and, and that's because we want people to write to us. Of We're course. so desperate <laughs> asking, <laughs> asking people to write to us. Um, and they can they can do that on Facebook or Twitter at Salt and Light TV. Um, and a reminder that we're also on iTunes. You can download this podcast for free on iTunes. Just look for Catholic Podcast, and it'll come up right there. Salt and Light Hour Catholic Podcast. And you can and see Pedro's face right away. Yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> I, I was like clean shaven, so maybe I, we need to change that picture. And then no, but then you can log in to your iTunes account and write a nice review. If you and don't rate, like, <laughs> and rate us. And rate us. Give us like seven stars or ten stars. or Five max. Five is the max. So yeah. um, <laughs> if you don't like the show, don't write a review. Um, <laughs> so um, we have our usual show today. Emily, yes. you're being very quiet. I am. Well, I'm patient. You're depressed. What it is. You're depressed because <laughs> of that little rant I did. I, you know. I <laughs> about loving your neighbor. Yeah. There's just this so much going on news. in the world. <laughs> but is, is it difficult to do? Love your neighbor? Or let's talk well, about Well, apparently it's difficult to do because all it you have to do is turn on do. the news and like, hello. But I mean, even in just your like your daily life, yeah. you know, I mean, we talk about a lot of the stuff going on in the world, but even just like in the everyday, you know, loving the coworker, yeah. like loving your Yeah, I know, but like when with, you annoy me, right? like when I annoy you <laughs> yeah. by asking you, like, what did you do Every to your day. hair? Right. <laughs> right. You, 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 I'm tired day. of hearing it. No, but you might be annoyed and you might <laughs> yeah. like, okay, I hate that guy, but it's not like you're going to go and stab me. 
No, but don't you think that it kind of starts there at the same, you know, in, in some ways? Like I'm that. sorry that I <laughs> made a comment about your hair. <laughs> Just saying, you know, like it starts in the little things. Like if we're not okay. able to like love in the little ways, then like, you're you know. Right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, that sounds like St. Therese. Okay, Anjika, Anjika. Yes, I do love her very much. There you go. So is there anything in the news that's yes, positive? Yes, there is. Actually? Um, yeah, there is. So Pope Francis sent a message to Canadian youth. Okay, good. And um, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about it very briefly because I also want people to just watch it. Yes, um, the message. Yeah. Yes, the message, exactly. So um, another thing, uh, Canadian universities and colleges are responding to the call um, to reconciliation with First Nations in Canada. Okay. So it's a document that was just released um, by Catholic colleges. It's a 22-page report. Okay, I really need to stop. But yeah, I will continue <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> also, uh, Quebec also um, published, or sorry, Quebec Justice Minister Stephanie Valley um, published oh. guidelines on how to apply the new law, uh, the new state law, neutral- right. neutrality on religion. So Quebec. you're going to explain that law because most of our listeners in the United States have no idea what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Right. So there's some crazy backlash. Crazy law. To it. Yeah. Crazy. Talk about love your neighbor. Exactly. Exactly. Crazy law in Quebec. Mm-hmm. You're from Quebec. <laughs> Billy. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah, Montreal. I'm not surprised well, actually, people this. in Montreal are, are mostly all right. You, you mean I'm all right? But I mean, right? this, is, this is also a conversation that's been happening in Quebec for many years. Many years, and everybody's ignoring it, ignoring it, ignoring it. Until and then all they of pass a sudden, law. it's like, okay, wait a second. So, Crazy. yeah, so okay. we're just going to talk about that uh, today as well. And Arr. is it too early to talk about Christmas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um, I'm still going to talk about Christmas. Okay. It's not even so, All Saints Day um, yet. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about Christmas. I know, but I just thought it would be okay, a really good. fun piece of news. So. Okay, stay good, tuned good. for the news with Emily yeah. that's coming up after the song. Um, and you're going to learn about all those things and about Christmas. Woo-hoo. Great. Great. And then, uh, qu- uh, Billy, you have a super long segment today. Yes. Church for Dummies. What do you want to talk about? Because, you know, the sermon is oh. really important. Nobody yeah. wrote in to tell did us you, how to spell the sermon. Did you do the sermon before you, you, you studied to yes. be a deacon? Yeah, I, I think you could If you say can that. share a little bit, oh that would gosh. be great. Okay. Or before you got <laughs> married. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you 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 think about that? Well, I don't <laughs> know if I would have called it. You're gonna get I would not have <laughs> called it discernment at the time, but I think that what I was doing okay. was discerning. Great. So that's good. Okay, so discernment with Billy Chan mm-hmm. coming up after the news with Emily in like about 10 or so minutes. Um, okay, so I have a question for you. This is the quiz of the day. The quiz of the day for everybody watching. Name, I'm going to list a bunch of saints and you're going to tell me which saints were Franciscan. Okay? You guys can list it right away. Okay, down, so down starting with St. Francis. Th- that that was easy. Well, that, yeah. Claire of Assisi. Yes or yes. no? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, St. Bonaventure. Yes. No. Okay, St. Anthony of Padua. <laughs> no. St. Anthony of Padua. Come yes, on. Yes, yes. St. Anthony, yes. St. Maximilian okay. Kolbe. Yes. Okay, St. Padre Pio. No. Yes, po- Pope Pope John the Twenty Third. No, medium. I don't know. Third order. <laughs> Marianne Cope. I don't know who that is. Elizabeth of Hungary. I knew who that is, but I'm, I don't know. I Angela Marici. I've never heard of her. Saint Bridget. <laughs> uh, maybe. Okay, you've heard of Saint Thomas More. You know, I would say n- Franciscan but no. or no? No. Saint Thomas. Yes, Franciscan. Okay, I'm going to just leave it there because... I, oh. I feel like such a bad Can you Catholic. Say it? Like okay, okay, so people are watching. If you're watching <laughs> on Facebook Live, maybe you want to comment. How many of those? I don't know. I'm not going to tell you because you're going to stay tuned and listen to my conversation with Robert Ellsberg, who wrote a book called... The Franciscan, Franciscan Saints. Franciscan Saints. How's that, how, is that a good title or what? I need to read that book. Um, and see how thick it is? 
Yes. There's more there than are ten saints. There's a lot saints. of Franciscan There's saints. More than ten saints. Okay. Um, <laughs> a, uh, a hint. Thomas More was a third order Franciscan. Ah, man. So there you go. So, um, um, but but the big question I have for like, why would you write this book? Because yeah, it's a list of saints, but like, what can we learn from Franciscan spirituality? Right. You guys don't have. Do you have a Franciscan spirituality? I'm not sure. I mean, I've always kind of felt attracted to St. Clair of Assisi, especially like like visiting Assisi a couple times. Uh Like uh there's something there. I just haven't really gone to know them too much. For me, they just wear brown. Not all this of them. Not of them, mm. right? Not all of no, them. No, for me, my, my first image is, oh, brown everywhere. Okay, brown. but I think, and do you think that a lot of people think that Franciscan spirituality, it's all about like, you know, walking in the woods, talking to the animals, the birds no, singing. No, that's not Franciscan spirituality. I think yes. It's, well, I mean, you it's, know, it's uh, you know. Canticle of the Creatures. Right. Yes, yes. I guess you do think about that, but it's also, you know, uh, poverty, like we're responding uh, to yeah. poverty. Oh, right, you're right. Okay. You're right. Could we um, say that our Pope is a Franciscan Pope? I don't think so. Like, yes, 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 we could. He's a Jesuit. I mean, he kind of he said it. Yeah, he did. It say came it. from his own mouth, really. <laughs> so, so, so you can be a Jesuit yeah. and be Franciscan. Yeah. You could be. I mean, so. Yeah. Uh, it, okay, so there you go. Something, something to stay tuned <laughs> for. Uh, Franciscan spirituality, Franciscan, Franciscan saints. I'm going to be talking to Robert Ellsberg at the end of the show, and then after this, you guys are going to stay tuned because you're going to find out if Saint Elizabeth of Portugal was Franciscan or not. Um, Meredith Augustine Augustine is a singer-songwriter that I encountered Um, she's based in New York City and she's got this new album it's called Boundless Mercy and I love meeting new artists uh, so we can feature them on the program so we're going to be talking to Meredith Augustine and she's going to be talking to us uh, uh, at the end of the show the album Boundless Mercy published by uh, World Library Publications. So we're going to uh, begin with a song, as we always do. Here is uh, Meredith Augustine with Teach Us How to Pray by John and Gotti from Meredith's new album, Boundless Mercy. Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us what to say Teach us how to love Oh my Lord Teach us how to pray As we come to worship Just how to pray 
We just heard Meredith Augustine with John Angotti's Teach Us How to Pray from her new album, Boundless Mercy. And we're going to be speaking with Meredith Augustine in our second half hour. But first, Emily is here with our news and Christmas. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry to bring up Christmas. It's not even <laughs> Halloween yet. No, um, I know. But, uh, okay, well, how about I just start with that then? Okay. Um, let's just get it over with. But essentially is that the Sistine Chapel Choir, as it do- has oh, been doing yes. for three years, well, now in its third year of doing this, mm-hmm. um, is release an album for Advent and Christmas. And I mean, yes. okay, so it's not Christmas, but Advent will be starting in a month's time. So um, so they've released an album. It was presented at the Vatican Press Office on Tuesday. Um, and these songs have been inspired by manuscripts from the Renaissance mm-hmm. that were found um, in the Vatican Library. And it is called Veni Domine Advent and Christmas at the Sistine Chapel. Nice. It has 16 tracks and it even features the first woman to ever sing with the choir. Oh. Uh, she's an Italian mezzo-soprano uh, I'm gonna probably not say her her name properly, Cecilia Bartoli. Uh-huh. Bartoli. Cecilia Bartoli. Yeah, exactly. So she uh, she is on this album. So that's my only piece of Christmas okay, news. Good. It's not that big of a deal. And you right? know what I heard? I actually <laughs> had heard of that news, and I thought, oh, I wonder if we yeah. can feature that album on the program. I think it's gonna be kind of weird with Christmas playing Christmas music, but maybe we can get some of those tracks and play some of that music on this program yes. on our Christmas special. That'd be great. There That'd you be fun. So, so stay tuned. Yeah, right? stay tuned. Yeah. Um, okay. So Pope Francis now. Yes. Um, he sent a message, as I was saying, to Canadian youth. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, he sent this message to Salt and Light for our forum on young people, faith and discernment, which aired last October. Yes. This past October. Um, in preparation for you the mean synod. this past week. This, it is this October. This past October. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, October 22nd. I meant this past October 22nd. Yes, yes. She's already at Christmas. Uh, Yeah, exactly. You are already in December. (laughs) Exactly. So it aired last week, and in fact, people can watch it online. They can. You can go to saltandlighttv.org slash YPFDforum2017. So you can watch the forum online there. There's even um, a feedback survey, a viewer feedback survey. So please watch it and give us your feedback on it. Okay, so this um, is the whole forum, not just the Pope's message. Exactly, the, the whole post forum. But the Pope's message is but part of... But, yes, the post message is part of this forum and it is also available on our website separately. Okay. Um, so people can watch it. I'm not going to give away all the punches. Essentially, Pope Francis talks a lot about uh, building bridges again and not, not sewing... Mm-hmm. Um, walls of division or yeah, not building, building walls, walls of div- sewing you can't sew a wall of division I but suppose anyways, you could sew, sew a wall division. it's, it's yeah. just a fragile wall <laughs> yes um, so anyways a beautiful it's an eight minute long message and um, please go and watch Pope Francis speak to Canadian youth which is a first for which us which is so it's, cool it's really because it's news. like he yeah. says like welcome youth of Canada but in a way yeah. it's a message also for everybody totally exactly so don't feel like I'm not Canadian I can't don't watch don't feel it. left out yeah it's no. for everybody but through Canada Exactly. Yes. The great white north. Yes. Yes. Not yet, though. It's not quite white Mm, yet. (laughs) Mm. Um, Okay. So now, again in Canada, um, Canadian universities and colleges, as I was saying, are responding to the call for reconciliation with First Nations. Yes. And so this is something that came out in a 22-page report just released. Um, 
on how Catholic colleges and universities want to uh, learn about and teach Canada about um, Aboriginal heritage. And so the document is called Dialogue Together with Action, Canada's Catholic Colleges and Universities on the Road to Reconciliation. Um, So essentially what they hope for is greater collaboration between Indigenous communities and Catholic institutions. And the chair of the association, Jerry Turcotte, said, I don't really see that a university or place of learning was a valid has a valid claim to the pursuit of truth and reason if it isn't looking mm-hmm. at all these factors that really have textured our society both good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so each university is really shepherding their own project and the list is very long um, but they're partnering partnering with First Nations communities to create programs um, around counseling, psychotherapy, and spirituality uh, to deal with trauma, tragedy, suicide, addiction, and also um, to gain knowledge of elders. Okay. So, so yeah, and then a lot of colleges are adding courses in nice. their First uh, Nation Studies okay, uh, programs. So just to clarify, so, this yeah. is all universities, not all just Catholic Catholic, okay. Catholic Canadian universities yes. and colleges. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so like St. Mary's, St. Paul's. Yeah. St. Um, Michael's. Exactly. Assumption. Regis College. Yeah, okay. yeah. so all those cool. universities and colleges. Yeah. Okay, nice. And? Now, finally, Quebec. Yes. So talking about this uh, state, uh, this this new law in Quebec on state neutrality on religion. Mm-hmm. So um, what's what's going on? So this, this law, the f- there was a first draft, you know, that came out like in 2015 lots of talk around this has been happening so this isn't just like a a new thing that just came out of out of nowhere Mm -hmm. Um, but essentially what happened this past week is that there were guidelines that were presented on how to apply this new law so just to explain what the law is so there's a law prohibits people from from wearing head coverings okay not just any religious garb no, so so that was the clarification of saying head coverings, right, um, in places where you're receiving public services. Face coverings. Face coverings. Or head Sorry. coverings. Face, Face coverings. coverings. Okay, yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you're going to the library, for example, one of the guidelines was if you're going to the library, then you can't have your face, face covered, covered when you're dealing with, like, the librarian. Because but it's if you're a public walking, service. Exactly. But if you're walking in, you know, amongst the bookshelves, then it's okay to have your head covered. But if you're, or again, like, what's another example? There's different situations like that. If you're walking to the school and you have to deal with a teacher, for example. If it's a public school. If it's a public school, then... Mm-hmm. Again, you have to have your face uncovered. But if you're just walking in the hallways, it's okay. Um, again, it's so what they're saying is that it's for security purposes and so and commu- and to better communicate. But um, you know what the the backlash that's happening uh, around this is that people are saying, well, you know, it's it's clearly targeting a very specific minority, um, which is the Muslim community and yes. Muslim women more specifically. Um, yes. So there are, you know, so this is a provincial law that was um, uh, that was adopted. Uh, however, there are different cities and municipalities like Montreal who are not who are saying we're not going to accepting follow it. this. Yeah. Um, now the Catholic uh, bishops in Canada have haven't really commented on mm-hmm. this uh, matter yet, so we don't know if there will be any reactions. Um, they the Assembly of Catholic Bishops in Quebec did present um, their views on religious plurality, so uh-huh. um, that is something that we you know would be good to look into and to understand a little bit better where the bishops of Quebec do stand. Right. So it's not that they haven't said anything; it's just on this particular situation. Yeah. There haven't been any comments yet. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm surprised the bishops haven't said anything. I'm sure they will. Mm-hmm. I my issue with the law is that 
it's like you're 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 saying it's okay mm-hmm. to discriminate. So then all the people who are mm-hmm. want to discriminate, it's like they feel validated because it's legal. Yeah. So then they're going to be attacking the woman who maybe does not have a face covering. She's right. wearing a hijab but not a niqab. Right. Or a, and and then and it's like it's like we're normalizing this behavior. Yes. When it's not even a problem. It's not a security issue. It's not a problem. Like it's not people don't wear masks all over the place well it's just what the, what it is too is that there's no um, like there's no fine or there's no uh, consequence there's no I consequence guess, yeah, you know if your, you do wear a yeah. face covering but I feel like you know having not having anything I'm not saying that they should I, I you know but the um, the fact that there is no real um, consequence, consequence to it then it, I, I feel like it, it nourishes or it um you know, yeah, people's people's fears already, right? Like exactly. it, it'll it'll just and this idea that it's a security. How many people Pop-pushy. carry like a weapon under their face covering? Right. Like like how often does this happen? Anyway, mm-hmm. I I don't think it's gonna. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it gets challenged. Um, thank you, Emily. And I'm sure people can comment on that. You can uh, write to us. Uh, you can write to Emily if you want to comment on that. Um, Emily Callan, our, our, our Salt and Light Hour news producer. You can follow her on Twitter at Emmy Callan. Hi, this is Ben Apolinar, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can stay in touch with what's happening on this program by following me on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. And now it's time for Church for Dummy with Billy Chan. Hello. Hello, Billy Chan. So you didn't, you, you didn't, my, my explanation of discernment last week wasn't good enough for you. It's good that, you know, we know that we need, we should do discernment and we know that the, what was the definition of discernment. Okay. But the thing is, you know, there are two questions follow up. One is how to do discernment. And yeah. the, the, the second is um, how can I choose? So what will be the answer? You understand what I mean? How can so, you choose? Okay. So basically, after I do my discernment, then okay, okay, should, I see, I is see. there any voice? I don't think there yeah, will be a voice, a voice from God Jesus. Tells you, God says, Billy, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, pick Which door should you pick? Yes. Um, Okay, so last week, just a review. So last week we talked about discernment is just a fancy word that means to... To 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 choose? To choose, to distinguish. Distinguish. Between two things. I suppose it could be more than two things, to distinguish. So, and and we use discernment in a religious context to talk about making big decisions um, when you kind of consider God's will in your life. So prayerfully considering options is discernment. Um, So I don't discern... If I'm, not gonna, if I'm not going to be praying about it, then it's okay. in the context of re- religion, religion, like in the in the religious context, right? So, and then also we, I mentioned that we don't discern. Discern is for the big decisions in life. Like you're not discerning what you're going to have for what lunch. cereal you're going to have or what lunch you're going to mm-hmm. have, right? Um, before <laughs> I talk about this, let's talk a li- little bit about God's will because I've had people sometimes say like they think like like what does God want in my life? Like does does God want me to take this job or does God want me to take that job or even some more simple things like does God want me to get a job or go to university I think you you said in the in the introduction already today Uh about the two commandments to love to love and uh, uh, love your neighbor right and love your neighbor yeah 
that's the two big thing, right? Well, yeah. That's what God wants us to do. Uh, there you go. So that's the that's the cheap answer. So what is God's <laughs> will is that God wants you to love God and to love your neighbor. That's it. So everything else you do, it doesn't matter you, if you take that job or that job. You need to have as long love as exactly to be sent in the yeah. center. Yeah. So then. So then it's not like, I don't think God's will works. You know, like uh, I have a, a friend that might say to me, oh, I think that God wants me to be a priest, but I really don't want to be a priest. What if God wants me to do this thing I don't want to do? It doesn't work that way. God's never going to ask you to do something that you don't want to do. Really? Never. Never. Because either God is going to change your will. Okay. <laughs> okay. Or change your mind. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that you yeah. get to the point. So we're never going to doing God's will. It's never doing something that we don't want to do. Oh, okay. That, so that's, that's the way that's that that's answering your second question about how to choose. So when we discern, we're, we're, we're looking at, I mean, th- th- it's not religion. I mean, it's common sense. So I'm making a, I'm buying a house. What do I do? I do some research. I, I decide where I want to live, right? Is it this neighborhood or that neighborhood? Uh, do I want to live close to the school or, or, or not? Do I want my kids to take the bus or not? You know, like, is it close to work or not? So yeah, that's how you, it, do I want a big house or a little house? Do I want a two-car garage? Do I want uh, 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 air conditioning? Like all those things, right? So you do your research. That's part of discernment. What, 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 what are the choices? What are the options? You do your research. You talk to people, right? If I want to buy a house in uh, in Montreal, I might go to Billy. Hey, Billy, you grew up in Montreal. Like, tell me a little bit about that neighborhood or that neighborhood. What's it you like? mean talk to a wise person or talk to uh, somebody talk to someone who, who knows? Who knows? Huh? I would say uh, talk to anyone, but uh-huh. obviously you want to talk to someone who ha- knows a little bit about what. Of you, course, right? Yeah. Talk to people that you that know you and that trust you. Sometimes your parents really know you really well. A lot of times you hear. But uh, you do not want to listen to your parents. No, yes, you do. <laughs> because sometimes they know you better than you know yourself. Yeah, and yeah. We, we might not want to hear what our parents have to say. Yes. But And it's difficult, you know. And I've heard lots of stories about, you know, it's like, like, like I don't know, uh, Johnny who brings that girlfriend that nobody likes and nobody wants to tell him, Johnny, like, she's like not, <laughs> you guys are a terrible couple, right? <laughs> so Johnny needs to hear his friends and family who know him really well that are going to say, you know what? that's not a good relationship mm. right so so we need to talk to people who know us and who who we trust that are going to tell us things as they are and not just tell us what we want to hear so that's part of discernment um and, and then i would say to add the prayer part of it mm-hmm. which is that you are praying to that to have your will um be be conformed to god's will so that's how we we don't say god do my will and we don't just say, God, I'll do your will no matter what. But it's like, well, you want me to do that? Then change my will. Mm. Um, God, where do you want me to live? Where, Where is the place where you would like me to live so I can serve you better? You know, like you can So you can sounds like a discussion like with God. It, it, it can be, yeah. Yeah. Ah. Um, so in the way that it can be a discussion with someone who, who actually can answer uh-huh. some questions in prayer you you're not uh, i mean i'm not going to say you're not going to hear a voice but you're <laughs> probably not going to hear a voice god's not going to say i would like you to live in <laughs> richmond hill so you can serve me but but then you can start looking at signs so for example if you if you say um these are the these are the kinds of things i'm looking for in a home it's got to be this it's got to be that it's got to have at least three bedrooms it's got to have you know a basement whatever and then maybe you never find that home. Maybe that's a sign that's mm. telling you that's not the home you should look for. Um, if you 
if you um, do, do what you mean is um, if God wants you to do he will open a door for you absolutely so you you're looking for the sign different sign yes. that oh it sounds like I I'm getting there but you I have to be there. in the right spiritual frame of mind to be able to recognize the signs uh-huh. sometimes you might think a sign and be like oh no that just means that you know I don't want to live there and God doesn't want to live there and he gave <laughs> me this sign you know I was talking to a young woman about about this kind of thing I had done yeah. a presentation on vocations mm-hmm. and she said to me she really wanted to go to this university and this university had offered her a scholarship uh. and a, it was a great program it was ridiculous but for some reason she felt that maybe God wanted her to go to this other university and I'm thinking to her okay which is the best program the one over here which is the one that gave you the scholarship the one over here which is the one that your parents think that you should go to the first one, the one over yeah. here mm-hmm. So why are you thinking that you want that God wants you to go over there? Like that's ridiculous. And then she said, and then I saw a bus that drove by and there was a big sign that said to go to the first university. And I was like, <laughs> okay, like why are you making this so difficult for yourself? So coincidence. Right? So yeah. so so God will I think God will work through your own will. Mm-hmm. So what does Billy want? What are Billy's uh desires? What are sometimes we don't and like the word talent desire. as well, right? So and your, yeah, your talents mm-hmm. exactly. So God gives you your desires. God gives you your talents. God gives you your will, the things that you want. Those are good, and then God gives you um, the opportunity. Mm. And I think that when our talents, our desires, and our opportunities kind of all, all come together, together. Mm-hmm. then that's a great sign. That God is saying, "This is for you." Um, of course. So he's time. Very, it, it looks is, like really rational. You are talking of about, you know, it's actually rational. a calculation as it well. Is, it is. It's not only based on your emotional. No, like, no. I feel like. No, I no. love to do no, that. No, in fact, I would say that if you feel like it, it's probably Wrong. not right. <laughs> yeah. So you know, although God can work through our feelings, mm-hmm. but no, d- I don't trust my feelings. Sometimes I'm driving somewhere and I feel like I'm in the right direction, <laughs> and I'm not at all. <laughs> so I don't trust my feelings. So don't trust your feelings. Trust your feelings, but also. Trust what other people tell you. Trust the research that you've done. Trust, trust the, the conversation. Sign. Trust the signs. Trust your prayer, your instincts in yes. prayer. And and give yourself time. Mm. Time, right? So if it's an important decision, you're not going to be impulsive and just decide. If you're, and I think you said this last, last week. If you're, if you're angry, if you're upset, if you're in an emotional state, don't make a decision. Make a decision when you're in the right place. Yeah. Right? So I think those are all... Does that answer both questions? How to yes, you actually answered both and, questions. And how to choose. That's yeah. very nice. I Thank mean, you very really much. Really, the big question is how to how to follow God's will, and and I think that that's what we all want, uh, so we can love God and love neighbor and get get to go to heaven at some point. Good. I'm going to discern now. Okay, <laughs> Billy. Billy will discern now. If you have any other questions for Billy, send them to him. Um, his Twitter handle is at B Joe Chan, and he is the supreme supreme dummy. <laughs> Thank you, Billy Chan. Thank our you very much. Salt and Light uh, web host. You can follow him at the Joe Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, Franciscan Saints, and we meet singer songwriter Meredith Augustine. So don't go anywhere. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour, Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. I have to be honest, when I first heard that there was a book about Franciscan saints, I thought, what? 
there's like maybe five, okay, maybe 10. Then I opened the book and was amazed to find 101 biographies of men and women, priests, friars, nuns, married men and women, lay people, popes even, all Franciscan. I'm not one that can boast about having a deep Franciscan spirituality, although I am attracted to it and maybe secretly I wish I had one. So to tell us all about these saints, well, maybe not all of them, but you know, you'll have to get the book for that. But to tell us a little bit about some of them and to tell us what we can learn from them, I'm now joined by Robert Ellsberg, author of The Franciscan Saints. Robert, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you very much. So um, at the beginning of the program, I mentioned uh, to Emily and Billy, my co-hosts, if I asked them if they knew, I I gave them a list of saints and I said, tell me which of these are Franciscan. So now we're going to reveal and you're going to help me, Robert. So so the list of saints, I'm I'm just going to go really fast because there's a lot of them. And I think some are going to be obvious. So Claire of Assisi, Bonaventure, Anthony of Padua, Junipero Serra, Peter of Alcantara, Maximilian Kolbe, St. Padre Pio. I think those are like the obvious ones, right? And then we've got Marianne Cope, Elizabeth of Hungary, Angela Marici, Bridget of Sweden, Elizabeth of Portugal, Thomas More, Solanus Casey, Michael Judge, John Dunn Scotus, Matt Talbot, Pope John XXIII. Of all those, Robert, how many of them were Franciscan? All of them. All of the above. I love it. I love it. I love it. John the 23rd. That was a surprise to me. Was, was that a surprise? Uh, one of the many third order Franciscans. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's something I didn't know about him until I began uh, doing a little research uh, about this. And he apparently was very uh, proud of his Franciscan uh, connection. And I think it reveals something about his spirit of humility and his joy and his commitment to, to peace, his general sort of openness. Right. Uh, that so a lot of a lot of these people are uh, you can there's a kind of family resemblance among them, uh-huh. uh, and once you kind of detect that uh, part of their history, uh, it makes a little bit of sense. Right now, why why write a book about Franciscan saints? Well, I have been writing about saints for the last twenty years, uh, several books, uh, and I write a daily feature for liturgical uh, liturgicals journal give us this day yes. on saints called yes. blessed among us and yes and out of that came a, a, a big book of, of saints so franciscan media approached me and uh of course this is just what they exist for and said would you uh please put together just a collection of the franciscans and like you in a way i i, I thought well gee have i written that many of them i don't know maybe right. a dozen or a couple dozen or something uh, and it was uh, surprising to me when I began to uh, collect them and put them all together uh, to see how many there were. Uh, they came in so many different shapes and forms uh, and throughout history. Uh, but once you kind of read them all together, you, as I say, you, you do begin to kind of recognize a, a constant theme or a thread that, that links them all to the founder, uh, Francis and Claire. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and I think it's pretty, you know, and I, I would say that that leads right up to uh, you know Pope Francis, though not a member of I the know. Franciscans, but we're living in this kind of Franciscan moment in the Church. I know. Uh, so I, I think it has a, a special relevance and helps us kind of understand uh, what that's all about. Mm-hmm. So of all these saints, you, you said, I mean, you, you, you were surprised yourself to find so many, 101. 
um, including St. Francis, uh, which which is your favorite or which uh, you mentioned John the 23rd was a surprise. Were there, uh, were there any other surprises? Well, there were different kinds of surprises. There were the surprises like Pope John where I, I didn't know that they were Franciscan. Right. Uh, um, among those, I would include Franz Jaeger's daughter, Blessed Franz oh, Jaeger's daughter, yeah. uh, who's somebody who's had a, a tremendous influence in my life. He was an Austrian peasant who was beheaded by the Nazis for refusing to take an oath of, of allegiance to, to Hitler. Right. Uh, he, was a, 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 he was a Catholic layperson. He was mm-hmm. a, a father he, uh, of several children. Uh, and uh, I, I had no idea that he was a, a Franciscan. Uh, but again, that uh, was, I don't know, something that, it, that revealed something about perhaps where he Mm-hmm. found the resources to take that uh, solitary witness. Yeah, I was a bit surprised to hear that Thomas More was a third-order Franciscan, too. Well, that's an interesting case of its own. There are a few people like that that you find on the list of Franciscan saints. Uh, the Franciscans claim him, okay. and yet there's you know, a little uncertainty uh, about any, any proof that he was actually a third-order Franciscan. But right. I, I, I erred on the Franciscan side on that one. Yeah, no, that's great is to see these, these people who live. I'm amazed that you were able to even to find out, you know, because there's a lot of information. There might, there might be a lot of information on some of these people, how they live their lives. But this, this fact that, you know, whether they were third order Franciscans or not might might not be something that might be have been recorded. So I'm amazed that you you did. <laughs> sounds like difficult research. Well, I, I didn't have to go to any uh, archives or anything like that. These are, are not very long uh, uh, pieces. No. And uh, the information is actually not that hard to come by. Um but uh, it, it was nevertheless uh, fun to, to learn about uh, the people who are new to me. Are you yourself, do you have uh, maybe a slant towards a Franciscan spirituality? Well, it's an interesting question. If I, uh, if I were to look back on my own life, I, I can really remember the day when I was in high school and I came across this book, The Little Flowers of St. Francis. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sort of glad that nobody assigned me to read it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know necessarily that St. Francis was a really famous guy. I just uh, read, read this book, and of course, I, I probably thought that lives of saints were, were, uh, were not very interesting or boring. And, but I was absolutely transfixed by these stories, how charming they were and how moving they were. And I remember saying to uh, my high school teacher, gosh, I'm reading this amazing book about St. Francis and his followers. And I described some of the things he did, preaching to the birds, right. taming a, a wild wolf and that sort of thing. And I, I remember he said, well, you don't really believe all that stuff, do you? Hmm. And I, I don't know what I said out loud, but you know, in my heart I was saying, well, yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> and I think that it, it was something that stuck with me. It led me to, to uh, drop out of college to work with Dorothy Day as a Catholic worker right. in, in, in when I was 19, uh-huh. the last years of my life. And that was a, a community that was not uh, overtly Franciscan, but was uh, certainly living the Franciscan spirit of voluntary poverty and living among the poor and offering a witness to, to peace and social justice. I was going to ask you about that because I knew you'd, you'd work at the Catholic Worker and that you, Dorothy Day was still alive, right? The last five years of her life, yeah. So she would, so, and I was going to ask you, do you think that she was a bit of a Franciscan in a way? Uh, no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Uh, I think that, that it's a, a, an example of the way that the kind of Franciscan spirit uh, has always been an undercurrent in the church. Uh, uh, often among those on, in the, at the margins, right, uh, who kind of make this option for the poor, 
and really kind of read the gospel through a, a Franciscan lens. And mm-hmm. by what I what I mean by that is, is when you read it through the eyes of Saint Francis, you you really kind of become face to face with uh, Jesus's poverty and his option for the poor and his closeness to those who are sick and on the margins, yeah. uh, and his kind of challenge that he poses to to uh, you know grandeur and and pomp and and uh, uh, bigness. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of little way uh, that has always uh, been an undercurrent in the church. Yeah, absolutely. No, and it's amazing to see how that Franciscan influence has built, really helped build the church. Uh, maybe just in closing, Robert, if you can tell us, um, what do you think we can all learn from that Franciscan, f- from all these Franciscan saints? Well, I, I think that, that you know many of these are pretty obscure and marginal characters even in, in their own lives. But I guess that, you know, St. Francis is somebody who always calls us back to Jesus uh, and calls the Church back to Jesus. Remember, he, he started his whole mission uh, receiving a, a voice from the, the cross that said, Jesus, uh, you know, Francis, repair my Church, which has fallen yes. to ruin. And, and many people have taken that up, and I think Pope Francis, too, a form of repairing the Church that uh, reminds us of our founder, reminds us of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what uh, St. Francis's great gift to the Church was. Amen. Well, very good. I hope that um, at the very least people will think, hmm, I'm married, I can still become a Franciscan. So uh, there's hope for all of us. Um, <laughs> thank you, Robert, for uh, for all the, work that, all the work that you've done and that you continue doing and for sharing this little gem with, with us. It's, uh, it's uh, as I said, it was a surprise, but it's, it's so fun to have and to read. Thank you. Thank you, Pedro. Robert Ellsberg is the editor-in-chief and publisher at Orbis Books. He's the author of many, many books, including The Saint's Guide to Happiness. His latest book is The Franciscan Saints, published by Franciscan Media. Here now is our featured Artist of the Week, Meredith Augustine, with Psalm 34, The Angel of the Lord by Paul Tate, from her new album, Boundless Mercy. The Angel of Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That was Meredith Augustine with The Angel of the Lord by Paul Tate from her new album, Boundless Mercy. Now, Meredith Augustine has been singing all her life, and I think you can hear it in her voice. She comes from a background of all kinds of different styles, from jazz to musical theater, spiritual and soul music. Now, you may not know her name, but you may know her voice as she is featured in many recordings by so many other artists, including Paul Tate and John Angotti. Meredith has just released her third solo album with World Library Publications, Boundless Mercy. And uh, to tell us all about it, I'm now joined by Meredith Augustine. Meredith, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hi, te- everybody. <laughs> Can you tell I'm trying really hard to pronounce your name right? August- <laughs> Augustine. And it's a French, French, you said. Yes. So tell me yeah, a little Augustine. about this. So Augustine French, what, what are you from a French background or tell me what was it like growing up? What you, tell us about you. Um, no, no, no. I'm actually Italian, <laughs> but I married a Haitian. So um, okay, so Augustine Haiti, Haiti French, yeah. Okay, I get it. Okay, okay. So your Augustine is your husband's is your married name? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so, so let's back up even more. I do want to ask you about now your husband, your Haitian husband, but, um, what was it like growing up? Did you, I know you live now in New York, but where did you grow up? What was growing up like? So I grew up in West Virginia. Uh huh. Um, and my tie to John Angotti actually is our grandparents came over from Italy on the same boat. Are you serious? Wow. Yeah. So they settled in a little place called Anmore, West Virginia. Uh-huh. And people always say, how did people from Italy get to West Virginia? And that was because of the coal mines. Okay. Um, so that, that drew a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So um, so I grew up there, and I came to New York in 97. Did you grow up in a, I mean, I guess Italian, was it a Catholic household, a practicing Catholic yes. household? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, like super Catholic. And was it a mm-hmm. mu- musical household? My mother has, um, uh, her undergraduate was in piano performance. Okay. So um, she, while I was in utero, she taught piano lessons. Okay. And. Um, she had no choice. Yeah. And then the story of me singing really was that I had a pacifier when I was two. She said, you have to give that up so you can sing yourself to sleep. Okay, nice. And I've been singing ever since. Did you sing, you sang, I guess, in, at church? Yeah, I um, I started, the first solo I ever sang in church was the Prayer of St. Francis. Okay. I was probably around seven. And what's interesting, as, as um, the Lord would have it, is that uh, that was my first solo, and at this present moment, I work at the Church of St. Francis of Assisi, for the Friars of the Holy Name Province. Well, that's funny because we just finished doing a whole interview on Franciscan saints. So maybe that's the theme of today's program. Franciscan, how Francis is is everywhere. Franciscans are everywhere, everywhere. Um, um, So so, um, when did you start writing music? You know, it's been as of recent. I mean, I write like melodies and... Yeah. John and I would sort of collaborate on songs and yeah. things like that. But um, I was asked to write the theme song for the Religious Education Congress in, in 2016 yeah. in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And that was kind of my debut of writing. 
Okay, so I that's that song. Sorry, Boundless. So the, this album, Boundless Mercy, the the song that you wrote, Boundless Mercy, was that that was a theme for the twenty sixteen yes. of religi- the L A Religious Educa- Education Congress, which is like the largest, really Catholic, Congress in the United States. I mean, every t- every talks about the religious education. If you Congress. haven't been, you should go. Yeah, I have been. So we're telling our listeners okay. you should go. Perfect. It's great for Christmas shopping. Yes. That's where you do it, where everybody goes to do their Christmas <laughs> yes, shopping right. at the at oh the goodness. religious yes. ed congress in LA. Um, so, what, tell me about that. So you were you were asked to write the theme. What is what is that like? You get a phone call, like somebody says, "Hey, we want you to write." Yeah, I actually I got an email. Okay. From Father Chris and um, Paulette and John Flaherty that music director for the whole thing. Uh-huh. And they asked me, um, and I said, yes, of course. And every year, the Congress has a theme, and that year was Boundless Mercy. Mercy, because it was um, the year of, of mercy. Of course, taking yeah. a lot from Pope yeah. Francis and, yeah. and just his you know influence and stressing the mercy of God. Yes. And, um, so it was um, a beautiful theme, but I will tell you that the Spanish translation of Boundless Mercy is not a really easy thing to say. No. And people, okay, so just so that you saw so our listener, we haven't heard the song yet. We're going to end the program with that song. And so why did you go with the Spanish and the, the salsa rhythms? Well, the thing, well, first of all, I love rhythms. Okay. Um, I'm obsessed with rhythms, especially um, Latino salsa, yeah. Latino rhythms, um, Haitian rhythms, like rhythms just intoxicate me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you're in LA, yeah, that's, the Spanish is really the, the prevalent language, um, mm-hmm. other than English and there's Vietnamese. But the yes. at that point we were just doing um, songs kind of bilingually, so uh-huh. it's you know it's something that you have to take into consideration. Mm-hmm. So in writing it, you know my goal is that I want to hear people sing mm-hmm. right off the bat. I don't want people listening. I want people. So I did a little call and response at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So Misericordia and Agotable was was um, part of the English Spanish at the beginning. Um, yeah. So when you play that, you'll hear that right at the right off the bat. You're right. Misericordia inagotable is not the easiest thing mm-hmm. to sing, even if you speak Spanish. No, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Yeah, Unless, no. I mean, even for me, who's studied the language a lot, it's not something. And you want to make it work musically. Too. Yeah, of course. Now, is it the kind of song that people could maybe sing at church, or is it more to listen to, or or like a theme song for a congress, which is what it is? No, I think, I mean, I've had several people who I think have used it. Yeah. Um, I mean, listening to it, I'm sure people would say, well, how do I replicate that? Um, uh-huh. But, yeah, it's, it's you know, you can take parts that work and throw out the parts that don't. Right, your right, right. Now, you mentioned Haiti, and uh, I mean, your husband is Haitian. Yes, you have a, a, a Haiti. <laughs> that would explain the personal connection to Haiti. Um, but you've been going to Haiti. <laughs> I'm sure that you've been going been, to Haiti more than just because to, your husband is yeah, Haitian. Yeah, Haiti, um, I don't know what it is with Haiti. I think um, I feel like a very, very strong connection for many, many, many years from uh-huh. the time I was 16, really? 17 years old. When was the first um, time you was, went? There was a musical on Broadway called Once on This Island. Uh-huh. It's actually having a revival that's opening in November. Yeah. Um, it's all about Haiti. And when I was when I came from West Virginia to New York to see the musical, I had no idea where Haiti was, but the story in me resonated very deeply. Um, 
had a lot to do with the um, skin color of people and how people were treated. And um, mm-hmm. it really struck um, very deeply, a chord very deep within me um, and has continued to. And I've been really blessed to meet beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Um, I travel, I've been traveling there since, 2004 so long before the earthquake right they've suffered so much on um, that island really uh continue and i and and god has um conspired and just really brought beautiful musicians um into my presence and i've been able to collaborate a lot yeah with their music i'm hoping i know that you do kind of secular music Haitian music. I, I would love yeah. to hear the Catholic Haitian music album. So is that that's that's my my commission to you. Not that I can Thank fund you. it, but I'm sure that World no, Library like will, that. will will publish it. Um cuz there's a huge Haitian community all over the United States. Yes. And many of them are Catholic. ICMY. Yes, yes, yes. There oh, there you go. So um, <laughs> that that's going to be your next cause since you before we went on the air just so our listeners know you said that there wasn't anything coming down the pipes you weren't sure what was going to be your next project so that's your next project there you go thank you how cool is that um, we're going to leave it there Meredith uh, but thank you so much it's so cool to get to know you and uh, to hear your music and, <laughs> and now <laughs> to look forward to the next project um, uh, and I look forward actually I haven't heard some of your, your Haitian the secular music that you do but I'm looking forward to hearing that as well cause, yeah I'll get that to you thank yeah, you for sure um, so keep doing what you're doing and stay in touch okay thanks so much thank you you can learn more about Meredith Augustine at voicesasone.com and you can purchase her new album Boundless Mercy through World Library Publications at wlpmusic.com here now is Meredith Augustine with Boundless Mercy from her new album of the same name. Boundless Mercy, Boundless Mercy, Misericordia Agotable, Misericordia Agotable, Boundless Mercy. to Meredith Augustine with the title track of her new album, Boundless Mercy, and that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can always reach us via email at radio at saltandlighttv.org. Facebook and Twitter are also good. There's at Salt and Light TV, and you can reach me at Deacon Pedro GM. And I'm at Emmy Callen, and Billy is at Bijo Chan. You can also subscribe to the free Salt and Light Hour podcast off iTunes, and you can stream or podcast all the Salt and Light Hour programs at our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. That's also where we post links to our artists or guests. So please go and support what they do. In the next couple weeks, Steve Angrisano, Cooper Ray, Bob Hurd. So you want to come back for that. And next week, we have this great interview from Islam to Christ. A featured chat with Daria Little tells her story about how she converted from Islam to Christianity and then to the Catholic Church. So you don't want to miss that conversation. That's next week. Yes. Thank you for listening. I'm Emily Callen. And I'm Deacon Pedro. And this has been The the Salt and Light Light Hour. Hour. Shine through.
just for 